This is a HeadGum Podcast. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We listen to Sarah Mason, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. My butthole's tingling all the time! Do you think you can make God laugh? No, bitch. There's no reason don't want to be part. pop in pussy every day. Yeah! I'm a Christian wife. <laughs> Sicario. I'm a Christian white. White women are notoriously shifty. I'm a Christian white. You should be upset that I had a laugh with her. Clean up on aisle, but. Some threat! I can't look you guys in the eyes right now. <laughs> Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have Good Christian Fun. Now, that was, of course. Caroline uh, very graciously pointed out in our last episode, you know, hey, Kevin, hey, you know, maybe we could do a, little, a few more new drops in, in the theme song. Maybe it's time. So I, I wanted to oblige her and, and create a, a new soundscape to, to kick off the show. Um, you know, I did. I got what I asked for in yeah. a way, um, but it was really powerful of you to subvert that, you know, and just say, like, I can't be controlled, you know, like I can't be told. <laughs> I think the new theme song sounds terrific, personally. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, that wasn't the question. <laughs> <laughs> I found out that, uh, you know, I Want to Know You by Sonic Flood and Mr. Mistopheles are in the same key. <laughs> so they, they it's a perfect mashup. Uh, uh, I'm a Christian wife. I'm a Christian wife. I'm a Christian wife. <laughs> so brutal. Good Christian fun is, you know, it's the palace of the thinkers, dreamers, in-betweeners, the broken record players hearing something <laughs> in the music. And it's also the place where we talk about Christian pop culture, the music, the movies, and the entertainment made for and made by Christians, evangelical Christians, the one true <laughs> spiritual people mm -hmm. in this world. But we're not here to make fun of you or to make you go to church. Don't go to church. We'll make fun of you if you do go to church right now because you shouldn't. It's we're just here to have fun, right? We're here to have fun. And sure. I, well, you know what? You know what we're here to have? We're here to have a laugh. Oh, I well, you should be upset that I had a laugh. <laughs> with this podcast yeah i shouldn't i shouldn't be said that you slept with her i should be said that you yeah. had a laugh with her yes that's right and the how's your heart this week kevin how's my heart this week yeah uh you know it's it's at a steady can i tell you what my heart rate is literally right now it's okay. at a i'm rocking a 61 usually my heart rate <gasps> is that good is that what? i'm so impressed that's <gasps> amazing Ooh, thank you no my resting heart rate is generally like in the in the high 40s low 50s uh for like resting stuff but i'm just so okay. jazzed to be here with uh with with both of you so it's at 61 i'm stoked out of my mind oh, our, our, I'm, so excited. I'm sorry i'm not supposed to be talking right now but what the fuck <laughs> our guest is incredulous <laughs> Kevin runs like constantly. I've been, you okay. know, just trying to get into that, you know, quarantine bod means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And this is what it means for me. It's, I just aspirationally is my heart rate. My resting heart rate would be like in the high 40s. So 
Damn. I'm just, I'm mainly jealous. If, if I can do it, I promise you, you can do it. It is very attainable, I believe. How's your heart, Caroline? Uh, my heart's good. My heart, my resting heart rate is probably like 350. <laughs> Um, <laughs> at a given time. Oh my God. So, you know, pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to take care of myself. That's been good. Um, started up therapy yesterday. It went great. Ooh. Oh yeah, like we didn't talk about that. that. I talked to. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do off mic stuff about we'll that. We'll talk later. It was great. I hope it was um, a nice experience, yes. Yeah, and uh, Hummingbird Watch is still on on my balcony. Uh, it's kind of, Kind of the hottest spot in town. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. There are a lot of birds out there and they have found the new feeder. So things are looking up mm, this <laughs> over is, here. Caroline, I think uh, I think I, I smell a new co-anchor for some good news. The bird report. <laughs> <laughs> you can just, it's a channel just for hummingbirds. You though. can join that desk <laughs> alongside uh, our, our number one CIA boy, John Krasinski. But the topic yeah. for today is not John Krasinski. It's Sarah Mason. And it's the, her music and her work. And to talk about it, we may need to introduce a very special guest. So let's do that right now. Friends and folks, she is a writer. She's an anti-racist educator. You can check out her podcast, White Homework. Give it the hell up for Tori Williams. Oh my God. Hello. Is this energy too aggressive? I love it. <laughs> Anytime we have someone on the show for the first time, it's just like, yeah, I do feel like I'm screaming at them half the time, and that's just what it's got to be. Especially over no, Zoom, I, I feel like I, I scream at them a little bit more. I love it. I, I love, love this also energy. That you apologize for our theme song and for our introduction. Like, sorry, they made us. You know, like this is just how it is. There's nothing I can do. I, I don't control the sound. My board, hands are so tied here. To, to be honest, <laughs> everyone knows that you cannot edit a podcast. There's no you way. No, it's we, just, you can't yeah, do you it. Can't really We've tried. The music I've tried, did. and and I, I've ended up adding minutes to the podcast that we didn't even record <laughs> it's a it's a nightmare so oh it doesn't boy. work out but thank you for being here tori thanks so much for you. joining us on the show oh thank you so much for having me what a fun I'm so nice excited. time i know well let's let's uh let's talk about it you know it was a twitter meet cute i slid into your dms i followed you for a little bit i like what you're doing and and I, we wanted to talk to you on the show about specifically and also it was a listener recommendation we were like we're, lo- we're looking to book like new kinds of guests and, and multiple people said hit up tori she probably oh, she probably awesome. won't make fun of you too much uh for whatever you say <laughs> no i don't i mean i, I will i i'm not above cracking a joke at your expense but you know Thanks. it'll be in good fun i'm not i'm not malicious that, here. That's all I want. You can be malicious. See, Kevin Caroline actually might prefer that. Hey, shut up! No, not with new people. That's strange. <laughs> they have to be trusted yeah. people. Yeah, don't worry. Kevin's a cool, normal guy. <laughs> no worries. I don't, trust, no, I don't, tr- I don't trust normal people. <laughs> that's what I said yeah, to Hulu. Uh, yeah, Tori, what is your background in history with face stuff? Uh, how'd you grow up? Oh my God. Um... I grew up like the standard issue evangelicals were not fundamentalist enough for the upbringing. Yeah. So I was like, originally when I was little, we attended like these like Pentecostal house churches almost like they were very, very small congregations. Like I was homeschooled K through 12 and it was very strange because I was very directionless. Right. Cause I like, 
we were always the only like black kids in church. Um, so we all went to like, we went to like these extremely white churches and um, it was just, it was a really, really weird time. Like there was so, so my mom, my mom was really into like all of these political, like semi-political or like blatantly political organizations, right? So like Eagle Forum and um, Family Research Council and all of these different like Christian like policy making or like policy mm-hmm. pushing lobbying kind of kinds of groups. And so was this geographically had- in Portland, by the way? No, well, I was I was living in Portland. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I grew up. I was born and raised here. Gotcha. Um, and so my mom was like, she did all this research on like how to keep your kids from falling away from the Lord once they go to college. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and so what, what she found in her research was that I have like I have this personality type. Like I'm an Enneagram H, right? So I don't give a fuck what the rest of you Ooh. are doing, or if you all are like delusional. Like if I see something that appears a certain way to me. Like, I don't care how many other people are saying it's not like this. Hello, like anti-racist educator here. I'm like, no, it's like this. I have data. Don't fucking care. Come at me all you want. And so my mom, knowing that this was my personality was like, okay, well, my brother (laughs) is um, very kind of easily swayed. Like he might be like a six wing seven ish like something like that um i like i know you're not supposed to type other people but just for like (laughs) an idea of like what personality wise like what he's like and so my mom was like well your brother needs to have friends who will like keep him on the straight and narrow because he just kind of goes along with what other people are doing so growing up (laughs) i had like two friends and we lived in like the middle of nowhere, like outside of Portland. Sarah Mason was basically my like only friend because we lived in the country. I couldn't go anywhere because I couldn't drive. Um, I never left the house because I was homeschooled. And so oh, I found I found a lot of solace in her work. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was very, it was, yeah, lots of, lots of really, really good memories. Did you so. end up expanding your social circle at all when you did go to college? And I assume fall away completely from the Lord? Uh, you know, I didn't fall away from the Lord until I turned 30. So... Oh. Well, you know, what, what, what she was tried. That yeah, so she, it almost she tried. Well, it kind of worked. It almost I guess. works. Yeah, it got works you through for college. Now the yeah. thing is, with that book series, it does. It only goes up to a certain age. So it's like how to keep them from falling <laughs> away in college. How to keep them from falling away post college. It doesn't go up to thirties and forties though. No, it doesn't. And, and beyond. And so there's like and mothers across them. the country are at sea with an that emerging stuff. field. Yeah. So well, so what was faith like in college then? How did how did you experience it? Um, I mean, I absolutely felt like. Like in college that I would be like, didn't really matter like how my politics changed or, you know, like how my perspective changed. I very much felt like I was always going to be a believer. Like I was always going to believe in Jesus. And that was kind of like my baseline. Like that was sort of where I fell. And so I was like, I know that I'm always, this is, this is my team. I'm always going to be on this team. Um, So college was like, I went to Bible college. That was so that was like the first time I'd been away from home. And um, yeah, yeah, it was, you know, it was like it was a, a really wild. Yeah, I mean, for most people, like college is like the first time leaving. But like, yeah, for me, it was like I'd never gone to school before. 
So. Yeah. yeah, that's a huge transition. Um, Could yeah. you drive by then? Were you driving when you were in yeah, college? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I was. I like didn't have a car when I was in college. It was fine because like Kirkland's a really small town, so you can walk everywhere. Like you can walk to the grocery store and Starbucks and like all the restaurants. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, was very like I was very like in for a really long time. You know, I had like a little bit of a falling away like after that, like when I was like 24, 25. But even then, like I was living with my boyfriend, right? So I was living in sin, but I was still going, like we still went to church. So it wasn't like <laughs> that, that far makes removed. makes it hotter yeah, okay. though when they don't even know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my That's gosh. That's amazing. So, <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. by that point, you got a little more latitude with yourself or, or how you saw uh, some of like what you would view as like the good Christian life with that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so you were maybe living in more of a, a licensed state. What is it? What's the thing that they say? It's like a pendulum swinging between legalism and license. Gosh, even saying uh, the word license, I feel like John Piper. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do this. John, the diaper Piper. Um, but, Tori, I wanted to ask a question, but I'm, I'm going to take you backward in your story just yeah. a little bit with, with being like that kind of personality where you are a, like a big question or if you do believe in something, you're like adamant about it. I'm, I'm guessing mm-hmm. um, that's already just a hard position to be like as a woman in general. But I imagine like in the the church that you were in where maybe was like a little more fundamentalist, that was probably an even harder role and I'm curious if like they if you found a place in that church as like maybe the evangelist of your community or like the questioner mm. or how did you yeah. like find your your spot in that community? Yeah, I mean, I was very much like the I mean, it's like jun- well, not so much junior high because we started going to a new church in junior high. But like by the time I got to high school, I was very much like the gung ho sort of rah, rah, rah high school Christian um and fully entrenched in youth group leading stuff maybe one of the first to go in popcorn prayer like yeah 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 Uh uh-huh exactly and so um like yeah I was like on the leadership team um in in youth group and whatever it was really strange because right like the dynamic the power dynamic is real weird right as as like the only like the only black kid in like the high school youth group (laughs) is me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of had this, you know, we had this like leadership group and, you know, we would go and do like missions trips and whatever. Um, I guess, I guess we like left the country once. Like we went to Tijuana like once oh, or yeah. twice. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I was the person who was trying to like keep the like camp high going all year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was, that was totally who I was. And um, I mean, I like, I wasn't like, popular or anything in youth group like I wasn't one of the popular kids um but I was very I was very into Jesus yes or maybe Jesus was into me Mm, you know we believe in God but also (laughs) God believes in us and that's that's a shift I always want to any sort of like reversal of rhetoric that's yeah that's helpful I always I'm always interested in like people that become you know like more outspoken against the church were usually like people also that were like very pro church, you know, mm-hmm. when they were like mm-hmm. within that community. Yeah, and I always totally. think it's interesting that like the attributes that were like most good <laughs> at the time when you were in, in church um, ended up being like what kind of gives you like strength to start to disagree and to like create your own 
belief system, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like just as an example, like I was like, I told, I, I basically told our youth pastor that um, he had to let me preach. Oh, wow. <laughs> At what so age did to, you say this to him? So impressive. It was like. <laughs> Mm, that's a really good question. I might have been like 19 at this point. Oh, yeah, maybe. that's fair. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, hmm, Post high school. Basically, you pr- that's like the age of some youth group leaders, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, that's also true. That's also true. Yeah. It's the age of their wives, for sure, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wait till she graduates. Are we, are we going to talk about like child marriage in the church? What? Oh, my um, God. Oh, yeah. So... We, we're devoting a whole multi-part series to that in October. <laughs> I mean, there was some oh sketchy, I mean, uh, growing up in Texas, I knew so, not personally, but knew of so right, many knew of. youth leaders who would, uh, yeah, uh, you know, lead a, lead a young woman who was in high school and then maybe a year or two so, after. So, so a girl? Yes. So a girl? Yes. A girl. So a girl. That's called, we call that, we call that <laughs> a, grooming? A child, yes. yes a yes. child? Unfortunately. Yes. We call that grooming a child to be your wife. It's mm-hmm. not cool. No, it's not. It's never cool. What is consent? Not a thing that they teach in evangelical churches. That's for damn sure. Now, if you had to like quantum leap style inhabit Joshua Harris's body and okay. go back to the 90s, okay. instead of true love waits, what would you have the slogan be? <laughs> Wait a second. But he didn't do true love waits. Oh, that he did. I like kissed Eddie goodbye. Fa- Wait, yeah, who did true love waits yeah. say? Mm. That was like a f- focus on the family, maybe? Mm. I don't know. True love waits. I feel yeah. like it was, they pushed, Focus pushed it really hard. They did. Yeah. It was also Radiohead. You know, hard. there's a Radiohead song called True Love Waits. I'm sure confused a whole generation of evangelical <laughs> children. There is. It's uh, It's not about abstinence. Tom York is I know, not I'm like abstinence. trying to find it. This is know. amazing. What album is, which album is it on? Uh, the True Love Waits song. I believe yeah. it's on one of the ones from the 90s. Oh, I was. I was also. Oh no! Up. It's actually on Moon. It's on Moonshape Pool. It was from their 2016 album, so one of their more recent oh, ones. Oh, okay, okay, so more recent. But if uh, we're if we're redoing True Love Waits as a slogan, what would have been way more helpful to uh, imbue young people at that time as a sexual ethic? And it's it can only be three words. That's my okay. That's okay. That's my oh, okay. Structure. Hold on. Let me let me. I need a couple. I need a couple seconds oh, to no, think about take this. Take them. So how would we empower? It's got to fit on like, rings. It's got to fit on t-shirts. It's got to fit on bracelets. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is no means no. No means no. Because <laughs> they, they don't teach cool that in, in church. Well, just like for you girls. need you need to submit to your husband, right? Mm-hmm. So if he wants to have sex and you don't want to, you have to do it. Or you should you should be the one that knows how to say no to men. Oh, that's also know? true, right? They like also put all of the all of the responsibility on like girls for little for, girls for assault. <laughs> mm, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just I meant like boys' sexuality, right? Like yes. anyone who socialized male, it's like the girls were responsible for their sexuality, for like keeping their sexuality. There's such Caroline. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think, I think you struck upon a really interesting point when you're talking about, yeah, the responsibility that's imbued to women specifically to, uh, foster sexual ethic in men or to like kind of steward it in a twisted way does come from such a place of embarrassment where they do need a mommy in in a lot of ways where it's like oh i don't know like this thing is how ha- and it and it is like a kind of vacuum of their own like <laughs> independent like agency ethic. yes agency yes. well i yes. i i would add a, another wrinkle to that of like for men that are raised in like you know masculinity means like 
silent strength and physical strength and uh, moral strength and spiritual strength, like all these kinds of strength, like having attraction to women feels like weakness maybe. And so if they, instead of like accepting the blame or whatever for like their sexual feelings or arousal, it's women aroused me and shook me out of my strong position. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm embarrassed by that. And I can't let that be seen that I actually have a weakness. And so I'll just paint it as like women forfeiting their responsibility and like making me seem weak kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline's, it, <laughs> Caroline ended that very eloquent face. point with a shrug shoulders emoji <laughs> over the Zoom call. <laughs> um, uh, how did your parents get so into their house churches and the the kind of think tank groups that they loved? Uh, so that was primarily my mom. Um, so my parents met um, in Norway. They were going, they're both going to an English speaking church there. Um, my dad was in the army. And so they were part of this Bible study, like this young, like this youth, like, or young people's Bible study at this church that was super into the rapture and like, kind of like this sort of hyper vigilance about, about like, Jesus is going to come back at any moment. Like we have to be ready. Mm-hmm. And at one point I asked my parents, cause I was like, you got married like six years after you met. Like, I don't believe for a second that you didn't have sex. And she's like, um, we thought Jesus was coming back. So we weren't going to be caught dead having sex. Like, oh, <laughs> That's me. Uh-huh. He's like, I got to wait cool. until they start to do it. <laughs> they like, Bam! Whereas, yeah, my thought process is I want him to see it. <laughs> Look at what the Lord hath wrote. You're timing oh it. Oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> for my the gosh. arrival. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate being in the company of my fellow exhibitionists, Kevin. Hey. Um, <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yeah. That's definitely how I describe myself on all my profiles, too. <laughs> I mean, I don't describe myself. Well, no, I do on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, this is just how I am. Deal with it. Um, Podcast, creamfluencer, exhibitionist. <laughs> It's a, it's a thing, right? It's like, there's all these things that you like, didn't I've, and like, I was, they say that like being gay is a sin or whatever. Like I was fucking born an exhibitionist. Like I never had clothes on as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she knew. I knew. Um, She always knew. It's not us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, exactly. Running around screaming. Winnie the Pooh bearing it up. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. My mom was like, no, you never had clothes on. It's like, yeah, that checks out. Um, so, yeah, God, this is like, I'm thinking so much about, about like what I was taught. Cause yeah, I was definitely taught. It was like, oh, you have to wait to have sex. And um, it was like, you're not really given any information on like what sex is specifically. I wasn't good at that. I wasn't good at waiting. So, <laughs> you know, I, I know it was kind of like a situation where, I know I'm supposed to feel guilty, but I don't because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It feels good. Like it's not that big of a deal, but yeah, my boyfriend was like, he definitely felt kind of torn up about it. So that that's was, a common that was, narrative as well thing. too. I found is that really? the men in particular are like, what have we done? <laughs> and then like, oftentimes <laughs> the women are like, 
they're there. Uh, this sucks yeah, that I have to comfort you uh, in yeah, this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. But yeah. It's, oh yeah, my gosh. It's, it's way more angsty on, on, a, on a male side of that That's spectrum. That's so weird. That is so strange to me. I don't know. But like, I mean, it was weird too because it was like the same summer that I figured out that I was like sexually attracted to women also. So it was just like a very a lot of fraught time, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of information. It was, it was a like, hat okay. on a hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, okay, you go from, like, not really knowing, like, how sex works, like, at all. Like, you know the the mechanics, and that's it. And, um, like, going from that to, like, all the way to the other side of, like, oh, sure, yeah. oh sex doesn't suck. Like, it's not, like, it's not a bad thing, you know? It's just, it's just like, it, it, it just is. Like, it's a thing. It happens. People do it. Like, turns out most people are wired for it not everybody and that's okay but yeah you know well i can't relate i saw top gun so i knew exactly what sex was like see i wasn't allowed to like watch any movies like that is that (laughs) what it was caroline truly is goose and maverick playing volleyball oh no it was like it was a lot more than that (laughs) was it the great mouse detective like what unlocked it for you (laughs) yeah that was part of it a lot of like the you know i love the 70s tv show i got to learn things about that Oh. I was a lot of VH1 for a while. Oh, you're saying, oh, how you learned about sex, not what you were first sexually attracted to. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. when you say, I love the 70s, I'm like, did Andy Dick do it for you? Michael like, Ian Black. <laughs> <laughs> Every young girl has a Michael Ian Black story. <laughs> we all, yeah, we all come around. Gracious. But yeah, it is, it is funny how like, um, like, media was, was the thing that can like be the, the gate that unlocks like, agnosticism or just bringing out of beliefs or whatever. Oh yeah. No. And it it makes no sense. And an educator in that sense as well too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I learned about J and O from, uh, from a VH one music video countdown where they played, I touch myself by the divinals as a young child. I'm like, is that what that is? (laughs) (laughs) Truly like it's very odd. So Tori, if you could walk us up to like, uh, age 30 and sort of like, the moment of uh, full, full falling away from the fate, or however you would define it and, and describe it. What were what were the events leading up to that, and what was that? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I all of a sudden had to like wrestle with after I figured out that I was like sexually attracted to women. I also had to like wrestle with all of the like anti gay theology that I was taught. And so that was really hard. So I spent a lot of time in prayer <laughs> about that over like the next 10 years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> so I was like, um, like this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And also I like I know gay people and they're they're way nicer than the people I go to church with. So like what what gives? Um, the fruit is there. Yeah, it was just. I mean, was, fruit of the spirit, Caroline. Yeah, fruit of the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm, word choices. <laughs> yes, but um, yes, that's such a common greatest hits of like just the the, the um, cognitive dissonance of mm-hmm. positive experience with queer people. It's just like, well, okay, I guess this is stupid as shit <laughs> to think anything differently. It's like an oh unimpeachable gosh. anecdotal experience, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but like what the straw that like broke the camel's back for me in terms of religion was like the white evangelical response to Michael Brown being murdered and the way that like all of these adults, like white men who had taught me my entire fucking life, like 
we love our neighbors and we serve those with less and like we're supposed to take care of one another. And this is like the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're fucking cheering for a black kid being murdered by cops for maybe stealing a pack of cigarettes. And they were like, I was like, oh, okay. So everything that you taught me my entire life was a fucking lie. Mm, Got it. Okay. And also you hate me. So I'm out. It's yeah. like those two things together is like, not we're not getting over this hill, are we? <laughs> it's like, nope, gotta let this go. Um, so there yeah. was some, um, yeah, I didn't have any of the like sunk costs. Like I just really stay in it and try to make it work. I was like, y'all are bullshit. Like, I hate you. <laughs> good Goodbye. <for> you. <laughs> like, oh, and there's the evidence and I'm good. Yeah. 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 That's so liberating to be free of, yeah, the sunk cost fallacy stuff where it's like, but my life is like, and just be like, I'm good. Oh, but I don't know. It's been 30 years or whatever. Like to mm-hmm. just be like, okay, I'm good. This is, yeah, yeah. And to be at peace with it. I mean, and I think that like, that's, this is another, that's such a good point, right? Like we're in the middle of this pandemic and it's like, we were taught to love our neighbors. It's like, none of you do that. None of you believe that. Like, why are you saying this? Like you have to be in it for like the money or you just want attention or like you don't believe it. You don't live it. So like, why are you up here spewing it every day? <laughs> like and trying to control other people. So it's just like, it's gotta be like a power trip or like if you're in a big church, it's gotta be about like the job or like the position or the mm-hmm. prestige, or you just like people having to listen to you for 90 minutes every week or whatever. Like you don't love your neighbors. Get out. <laughs> Yeah, like you like semantics and mm-hmm. <laughs> like that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. being academic about it. There's never been a more literal manifestation of love for your neighbor than right now. Like it is the most visible, tangible. It's not symbolic. It is physical science, how to love your neighbor now. And there's mm-hmm. so many people that <laughs> refuse to. And it's weird that you can see people refuse to as well like it's one it's one thing where it's like oh this person gives me strange vibes or this person maybe feels selfish now it's like i can see someone across the street and be like i don't know if you love me (laughs) like that's that's such a bizarre thing even just like in mass stuff you know that that's what i'm referring to but but that feels real in a way where it's like okay like were we just kidding or not and it turns out some people were just kidding about a lot of this stuff and that's Mm -hmm. been very sad to see and reconcile and there's been some surprises in a good way during this pandemic and there's been a lot of surprises in a bad way i think with that including like personal like losses almost not not like in terms of death or illness but just in the sense of i don't think i can be friends with this person anymore i don't think i can have like a close intimate relationship with this person anymore Mm -hmm. because of what is so like tangibly clear Yeah. And it's, I mean, that was, that was, I mean, that it was the same thing for me with, with Michael Brown and Ferguson, you know, some people preach this, but they don't actually believe it. They don't live it and they're never going to, right. They are, you're taking joy in the execution of a black child by the state. Like you're never going to live this. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. it was was pretty easy to be like, okay, we're done here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you when you say they were cheering, do you mean like they were literally cheering for it? Well, like it was it was cri- it was it was Christian it was Christianese cheering, right? So it was yeah. like, well, the wages of sin is death. It's like what? Okay, I don't believe in hell, but you're going there. That is fucking nuts. <laughs> uh huh. It's like, wow. yeah, this is what happens when you sin against the authorities. This like, is where do you think America <laughs> came from, fool? 
Yeah, like there's just so much. I don't know. Like suddenly, yeah, that kind of law is like punishable by, by right. death at any exactly. given moment. Exactly. I, I think so much of it too. Like, and this is a theory. I don't know if it's like totally on on the right base too. But I just feel like weirdly, a lot of Christians don't value life, like literal mm-hmm. life, yeah. very much. Yeah. Um, People who because, have been born. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like the yeah. <laughs> yeah abortion movement aside only, like it is really like death is can be um yeah, like a justifiable consequence for like a whole range of like sin or rule breaking. Mm-hmm. And it's also or it could be like a sign of valor or like martyrdom or like this amazing d- deed you did. And because the afterlife is so like important and and like overemphasize that like yeah that that's an a truly insane statement to say that like <laughs> Michael Brown deserved to die because that's the wages of sin like a stealing offense you know uh-huh. and so that that like on top of all the racism i think just like the total lack oh, of yeah. valuing life life yeah. here literally on earth yeah. right now is yeah. is just like such a big part of of yeah the disregard for the black lives matter movement and and just cops killing people Mm -hmm. the (laughs) the big one the big like key that helps you see that too is when you bring up like you know cops disproportionately kill people of color and then someone will say like well they kill white people like more white people and it's like but there's still cops shouldn't be killing a lot of people period you know like (laughs) Ever. And that's better. So, like it's better yeah. that they kill lots of so white it's people. Like, like it's not the killing, you yeah. know. <laughs> like killing is fine, but it should be equal, you know. Like that's right. the that's <laughs> like the solution. Equality. We want yeah. equality. Police <laughs> yeah, execution. Or at least like symbolic equality about it. Yeah. So it's just that's the thing that that I get hung up all the time too. It's just like the total disregard for for life at all. Yeah. There's a real. Um what's the word not levity to it but just kind of a, a almost a so flip it, yeah a, a flippancy yeah. to it in terms of like okay protect the fetus protect the fetus protect the fetus it's here all right you're on your own <laughs> you know it's yeah. just like fuck <laughs> off like yeah good luck buddy like, I'm not going to give you anything. Pull yourself up by your own little baby bootstraps. If you're, <laughs> if you're in a low income area, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. That's, that's one. Yeah. That's another thing where it's like, once you see it, it feels hard to unsee on a, yeah. in any significant way. Like pro death penalties. So obviously like, you know, I know we've talked about all this stuff before, but it's, yeah, yeah. it just, it just remains mind blowing. Devastating. Uh, and, and, and even like, I would, I would even go as far and this is more of a nuanced thing, but like we've talked about it before Caroline, but just like friends of mine, reposting or posting black lives matter stuff that go to non-affirming churches or reposting black leaders who are non-affirming in conservative Christian circles of, of queer, of the queer community. It's like, well, mm-hmm. no, they don't then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if it's like, well, if it's not trans yeah. lives, trans black lives matter, queer black lives yeah. matter. Then it's yeah. like, no, you're JK. You're like, you're, mm-hmm. you're, uh, you want like presentable lives. Your male you know? <laughs> deacons life mattered who you hired to read scripture before the white guy preached for an hour. Like, it's, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like no, it's such a, that's such a good point that it's, it's like, right. There's like this respectability politics part of it for, for like, especially like white evangelicals of, mm-hmm. They're like, well, you know, 
yes, like obviously Black Lives Matter, but and then it's like they're just throw something out. It's like, well, you know, I but I can't be affirming because the Bible says the Bible clearly says that it's like, well, no, the Bible doesn't clearly say, but that's another story. Or yeah, like what's the other? It's like, well, yeah, Black Lives Matter, but also like crime. Yeah, but and, if they committed a crime, then it's like it's anyone's game, you right. know? <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, the crime so. stuff is unreal. I do. It does make me feel like if a sentient gun with googly eyes glued on it ran for president, he would win. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that's what it comes down to. Like this kind of lust for law and order. How people get so horny for crime and punishment and and all. And even mm-hmm. like you know, even mm-hmm. even us, even people who are like want to think of ourselves as progressive and stuff where it's like yeah but my favorite show is still svu or my favorite right. show is still brooklyn Nine Nine or whatever you know whatever the case uh-huh. may be. it's an uh-huh. interesting contradiction to live in but yeah but we really appreciate you sharing your story tori thank you Seriously. so much yeah yes. of course of course let's take a break and we'll be right back with more good christian fun this headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Jesus left us all on red. <laughs> Jesus it's left amazing. us all on red. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I just wanted to get his rocks off and then he was like, Peace. I'm out. The tomb Thanks. is empty, and so are now. Oh my god! Should I come oh, back on that? Away. Oh <laughs> okay. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. <laughs> it's time to dive back into the topic. We're gonna get some reviews. What'd you say, Caroline? We're gonna get some reviews. Some reviews. Wait, is everyone still recording? <laughs> I was like a mid check-in. We're still yes. good on records. 
Tori, I want to hear about your exposure to Christian pop culture growing up. You said it was maybe a little bit more isolated uh, socially, so maybe you sought a little more refuge in the only culture that you were maybe allowed to uh, participate in and experience in a meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my um, my mom was very adamant that I, like, didn't read books by non-Christian authors. I didn't, like, read magazines that weren't explicitly Christian. Um, obviously, I wasn't allowed to listen to non-Christian music. And I don't – now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember the first – oh, I guess it's probably Hanson was the first, like, non-Christian CD that I ever bought. But, but they, they were cri- They were evangelicals. Yes. No, they were even – they were they, – <laughs> There they, are they Christian – yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, they were okay. So before they before they like released their album, like when they were a little bit younger, they were actually in a Carmen music video. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. We talked about this, Caroline, last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, mean, um, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, and we talked about the fun fact where me and my siblings all share their birthdays, and we're all from Tulsa, Oklahoma, as well. Yeah. <gasps> Whoa, I forgot about what? Yeah, it's not weird. I hold on. I only remember. I only remember Isaac's birthday and Tate. Whoa. No, I don't remember Isis' birthday. I only remember Taylor's birthday. I don't remember Zach's birthday either. March 14th, November 17th. And one of them is October 20th, and I'm the 11th. But still, it's so close. Wait, yeah. do you line up in birth order, too? Like, the youngest Hanson has the same birthday I don't know. as you? I have no idea. One of my one of their sister, their sister Jessica and my sister Elizabeth have the same birthday. Oh. Mm-hmm. A, a buddy of mine plays bass for them when they tour, which they're not doing this year, but... He says they're so wonderful and they're so yeah, but they're nice. They're so great. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet boys. Okay, so Hanson was your if you wanted to be bad, you listened to some Hanson. Hanson was well, your guilty. I, I had to ask my mom. I had to petition my mom to be able to like buy their albums. Okay. Their first album. But after she realized that they were like homeschooled and like went to church, then she was on board and that was yeah. fine. <laughs> um so yeah. That was that was that. The first Christian CD that I bought myself was um, Point of Grace. Oh, yeah. You got yes. you kept that candle burning, Tori. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All it takes is one steady heart. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I can still sing so many of their songs, like, I can't sing. Like, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but I still know all of their songs by heart. <laughs> I mean that's gonna serve you well. Those, those are right. they're up to you now. Tell you now. You're walking in the dead of night. And your soul is churning. And your hope seems out of sight. Keep the candle burning. All it takes is a one steady heart. In a world that's turning. Shine a light and pierce the dark. Keep the candle burning. <laughs> Young Tori, oh head banging. I will keep yep. that candle burning yep. <laughs> until I'm 30. <laughs> I'm going to snuff it out. Oh, <laughs> I know. Well, do do you like when you think of yourself as a young Christian, and even saying like "ah," thinking back on it, like. Like I think, I think sometimes we we feel embarrassed or we feel foolish about who we were or like how we were raised with some of this stuff. Do you have compassion for your younger self when you think about her? Oh, I have a, I have a ton of compassion for That's my younger good. self. Like I wasn't I I wasn't given any agency because you you weren't supposed to your kid, kids weren't supposed to have agency, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Hannah Schaaf on Twitter. 
<laughs> she, was like, she always likes to say, evangelicals love enmeshment. It's like, enmeshment. that's true. Yeah, that's true. Like they don't believe that children should differentiate from their parents, which is just like a normal biological process that all species experience. Evangelicals think that that's like unbiblical. Yeah. And if you have any agency, yeah. Dr. Dobson recommends that uh, your parents spank it out of you and it'll yeah, come you out have of your to, mouth. Yeah. yeah, they have to like, they have to break your will, but not your spirit, which. Mm, so true. Christ. Where's the line there? Exactly. Did you, did you go to any CCM concerts? Any? Oh yeah. Like I went to Creation Fest every mm-hmm. single year. Um, and um, let's see, like, yeah, I went to a bunch of, I went to a bunch of other, other concerts i'm trying to think i mean obviously like dc talk and then like when they all split and like did their own separate things i like went to all their own like you know kevin max like i saw him at like (laughs) this basement show in bremerton washington um i know i know it was first of all i was 18 and my mom let me drive from portland to like outside of seattle which is like four hours as an 18 year old to go yes to go you had to take it to the max man (laughs) i had like well i worth it i oh my gosh i've seen him live several times actually and like i bet he's actually really fun i i bet he's a great show i i also yeah i went to vegas with him one time so you 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 did what i went to to vegas with him one time well we met up when he was living in vegas and yeah he's he's a lot of fun he can party way harder than i can wait a second you and kevin max made an appointment to go hang out in vegas well okay so our church was to see britney what was the setup yeah (laughs) no we just went to a bunch of clubs like okay so uh, if you want the story yes so our church was really really into music right and so a lot of our musicians at church would play on like CCM albums in Nashville. And oh, so um one of like like our bassist um he like knew all those guys and like played with them and stuff. And so actually it was like his girlfriend, he like he and his girlfriend were like going to go and like meet up with meet up with him and then like he couldn't go. And so she like called me up and she's like, "Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to to Nashville." Nashville. I'm going to Vegas um, to hang out with Kevin Max. You want to come with me? And I was like, Yeah, sure, I'll go. <laughs> oh my God. So um, yeah, it was actually it was a really it was a, it was a fun time. And like like I said, like I will never be able to party as hard as like K Max. It's just it's not going to happen. What will people um, think also, when they hear that I'm a gambling freak? <laughs> a gambling well we didn't we didn't gamble though we just like went we just went to the clubs i'm gonna oh. here i'm gonna send you guys while we're talking i'm gonna send you guys some pictures oh, um, i can't believe this i can't believe this yeah you went clubbing with kevin max clubbing mm-hmm. with kevin well while yeah. while you're doing that yeah let's talk about sarah mason and how she yeah. fit into your life uh at this time how she came into it you said we're we're going back and forth about some stuff that might be personally meaningful to you and one of the people you said was sarah mason who is a singer songwriter we're talking about her debut album from 1996 uh kind of a lilith fair vibe a little natalie merchant sarah mclaughlin vibes uh she herself said she styled herself in the vein of a leslie slash sam phillips who's an artist we've covered on the show before um a meta modern folk so so uh and she does have a sound that i do find to be 
very safe and comforting to me. Watching the music video for All Fall Down felt like Chewy, I'm home. And it did feel like, okay, I, I feel like I'm in the backseat of my mom's car and, and things are going to be fine, even if it is totally. a global pandemic. So, uh, Tori, yeah. for you, uh, how did Sarah's music come into your life? Um, So, I had... Um, I think what happened was I had requested, <laughs> I request, I would request that like Christian, that the library would buy, um, albums by Christian artists because, you know, we, we would go to the library every week pretty much. And, um, you know, my mom was like on this mission to like evangelize the library, I guess. <laughs> and so, um, I would put in like requests. And so whenever I, you know, whenever I, whenever I'd put in, you know, I'd put in requests for a certain artist or we had like a youth, like a youth team for the library. And so sometimes we would like, we would go to a music store and like buy CDs, like purchase CDs, like for the library to be able to like, then they would like register them and then you'd be able to like check them out. <laughs> I know cool. it's so, it's so quaint. And so this is like, I just it's smart on the library's I've, part to like get you all involved in that too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I love a library so, gang. Lots. We got her. We got her album in. This wasn't 1996. This was probably 1997. Well, we the dates are very important. We we have a fact know, checker I go know. through every episode to make sure everything's on the up and up. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> yeah. We I have go through, a fact yeah. checker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I. Yeah, I checked out her album. Um, I probably like. I probably checked it out. I probably saw one of her music. I probably saw one of her music videos first, okay. um, and then I went to the library and like checked out her album, and just like absolutely fell in love with it. Um, because yeah, it was a little bit like. I mean, this was kind of around the same time that like you know yeah Paula Cole and like Natalie Merchant totally Paula Cole um, yeah, and like Sarah McLaughlin like it just like spoke to me so much and i like i just love the the style and so yeah i want to read about her music like spoke to you necessarily or what was it that was like the charm for you i mean i think that let's see here i think that the biggest thing for me was that she felt like so much of an outsider and i resonated with that so much right like she felt like someone who very much did not have a community and like this is just me projecting my stuff onto her i'm not saying she doesn't have a community like it sounds like she has a lot of cool friends i don't know um but yeah so she just the way that she wrote and like her, her lyrics it very much i felt very seen by her right that yeah. and she has a little bit of this sort of esoteric poetic vibe to her and even more so in her second album um, than in the first, but her kind of lack of belongingness was so beautiful to me. Yeah, it resonated yeah. with you. I yeah. want to read an excerpt yeah. from the uh, literally the Encyclopedia of Contemporary Christian Music. That has a little entry uh, on her that speaks to what you're talking about. This I is from, that. we left checking in with Mark Allen Powell, no relation to Mac Powell. But he, he wrote this volume that is our Bible for the most part for, for this podcast. He says, for the most part, she has been on the edge of contemporary Christian music, 
producing material that is unpredictable musically and sometimes lyrically poetic in ways that come across as vague or confusing. She accepts her borderline status with good humor, enduring the superficialities of the contemporary Christian music subculture with a wry smile. She once signed one of her posters at a Christian bookstore with the inscription, we've got to move this crap off the shelves. (laughs) She later said, I got in trouble for that. Mason has sometimes performed with a band, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, she was a she was a student in college when she recorded this album. She was a yeah. young person wow. when oh she gosh. recorded this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, list- I wasn't familiar with it before. And in like looking up her lyrics and listening it too, it was like, uh, yeah, she's one of the, like, the outliers as far as like CCM artists that we've covered who are usually... Yeah. Um, <laughs> borderline like patronizing with their lyrics you know (laughs) just like the Mm -hmm, the truth mm -hmm. that they're trying to tell you they're going to repeat it directly (sighs) and specifically over and over and and it's usually it doesn't express very much doubt or very much like complication or gray area or all those other things that um you know most music does so when I was like when you brought this artist up I was like oh this is this is like really special and her lyrics to me are still confusing (laughs) but like they probably get richer on the re-listen and they they aren't like I wouldn't even say they're really obviously like pro-god songs Mm -hmm. if you didn't know that coming in too it's only from like little allusions to bible phrases that I I, you could even which is how we like it I want to be confused (laughs) as to whether I'm listening to a Christian frankly yes (laughs) yeah yeah so I, I feel she reminded me a lot of like um, another artist we covered called Sarah Groves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Also it's very is, like, reminiscent. Stylistically the same. Yes. But also like very dense lyrics that are that are, you know, talking about a relationship with God, but it isn't a simplistic sort of mm-hmm. relationship, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and even lyrically, it was kind of like some of the 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 Leslie Phillips stuff we talked about too. Now, um, this is just for us, but I do need to share the screen and show this picture. Tori! Uh, and Tori. Maybe, maybe we'll post this to our social media with permission uh, of a young Tori. I mean, Tori. you all look like gorgeous. Uh, I know. Just, like so happy with like his little smile and the soul patch combo. He is. knows. He knows. Oh, that is potent. Oh like, my huh? God. Oh my God. There we go. Let's just get no. right up in there. <laughs> yeah. Wow, look at his hair. Oh goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. That was a that was a time. We don't do hair like that anymore. And I don't hair want us to do it like that. I'm I'm okay, I'm okay like with that. that. I mean, yeah. okay, if, if like if my kids want that, then like that's fine with me. And that's their but, choice, yes. Right. Like I will support my kids, moved on some other stuff. my kids' self expression, but like yeah, it's like <laughs> thought it was so great and it's like in retrospect I'm like nope no it's really different so caroline as someone listening to the first this to the first time um and i i heard all fall down i think a few times on the radio but i wasn't like a i wasn't a mason head i wasn't a mason jar as they're known in the fan community (laughs) um (laughs) but what did what did all fall down strike you as lyrically caroline like what did what did what did you take it to mean or to be about
Mbop, did it bop it out, do Now, because upon first listen of this, I was like, oh, like not, not listening to it too close lyrically in the verses. I was like, oh, this is about, this is basically every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Like, like haters going to be brought down. And, and <laughs> the chorus does more seem to speak to like, no, even you're going to fall down, you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it's not even like believer, non-believer. It's like, yeah, it's, it is the literally angels prostrate fall sort of thing. Uh, and basically, like that, we all suck. <laughs> Maybe on some level. That's true. That was like, and that's like something that I struggle with in retrospect with a lot of this music. Like, I would like step up to the microphone if those lyrics weren't so fundy. I would absolutely still be blasting that shit. I really would, <laughs> but I can't. Like, just. Yeah, the lack of the refusal to deal with ambiguity, right? And they're just so like I just believe. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. There it feels like a yeah, definitely like a victory lap song. Well, you know, and it's, in, it's <laughs> like it's very um I don't know, it's like a cudgel, right? But it's like they have all they and they have all this like beautiful music on that album that I absolutely love. And yeah, but it's just like the lyrics, every single song, it feels like is just, oh, it's peak evangelicalism, which if you, I guess, like once you get to the God's not dead bullshit, it's like, yeah, that was, that was clearly coming. Like that was clearly in the pipe. <laughs> My God, it's not dead. <laughs> um, Why yeah. do you hate God? I, I see some of that. Some of this stuff, it does... I feel like it's flirting more with the more didacticism that you would find on other stuff. Like it doesn't fully go all the way like fly baby or, or even love, which is like a cover has nothing to do with like what, what I would think of as evangelical stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and especially um, a song I was uh, puzzled by the central metaphor of, which is break hard the wishbone. Which I, I would love to hear both of y'all's takes on what what you think breaking hard the wishbone means. I have a theory. In this context. This is like a, a uncharacteristically sort of like sultry, sexy, sort of Christian sounding song. Like, Two o'clock p.m. clock is let me know I owe it for last week. In and out, so much my heart is losing its heartbeat. I do not want to step outside the beat when you're conducting time. Time. My wish is to dance free in front of you until you laugh at me. talking to me uh, <laughs> good
Tone. There, there's another um, Christian artist that she reminds me of so much, which is Kendall Payne. Did you listen to Kendall mm, Payne, Tori? I loved Kendall Payne. Yeah. This song in particular is like, Summer sun has come to stay, but oh, Kenny yes. stands on Rachel's leg. Like, it sounds very much like Supermodels, which was a crossover hit. That was the, the theme song to Popular, the Ryan Murphy show on the WWE. Um, I just want to say Sarah was around way before Kendall, because Kendall's like my age. Yeah, no, so. Jordan's sisters, yeah, definitely after yeah. this. So, yeah. But it did remind me, yeah, they're reflecting mm-hmm. off of each other. So, friends, what is Break Hard the Wishbone? I need to know. I need to know the answer to this question. What does it mean, Caroline? Um, okay. I think I think what this song is trying to say is as a musician or a creative person, she gets stuck in like wishing she had more talent or a more creative approach or the right way to do the thing. And then God, through creation, and then through talking to her, is telling her to, like, don't just wish that you have this freedom. Just, like, go take it and do it. Because, like, that's what I did when I made Oceans. And the wishbone, you don't need it. Like, get rid of it. You don't need to wish for this talent. Oh, the full Reddit thread from I that that is that right? That I tracks. don't know. Like I feel like that could also it could mean something else, but I th- that's what I was picking up from it. I think it's valid. Tori rebuttal. <laughs> okay, so I like so what the funny the funniest thing about <laughs> about Caroline's answer was I was like uh, when you said oceans, I was like the Hillsong Hill song? song. Yeah, <laughs> God made oceans. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what? Wait, what? What are we talking about again? <laughs> um, so because the chorus is like like her being sung to mm. right like this is what she's being told to do so obviously like in the verse she's talking about how she just has this like punch in punch out life and she's kind of tired of it and like for it and um, mm. isn't finding fulfillment in that which again like is totally fair and also just so freaking adorable because she, like you said she was like 21 so oh if that i'm sure she's like 20 or 19 when so she's it's just like it's it's so wholesome i know what a wholesome gal it's such wholesome content and uh-huh. so i don't know for me i kind of take it to mean like it feels very much like manifestation it's not like oh don't just wish for it like yeah like we're gonna break this like, thing. We're gonna break it. through, and yeah. you oh, like. I see that. Yeah, you are gonna like. If this is the thing that you want, like, just yeah. Again, kind of yeah. like, just go do it. But it's like you are making this happen. Yeah, like it's don't not, yeah. don't get distracted by your own dreams and live and live in the clouds. Like, do tangible, practical steps to uh, get right. to where you're going. Make it happen. But I don't think it's God that's saying that to her personally. It's her conscience. Really. No, no. I think it's just a guy. It's Satan. Oh, it's. But she's <laughs> saying it's like Satan. consider it's all either your God works. or Satan. No one else no, can talk no. to her. No, I think that like a lot of the lyrics have to be like coded as like. But I don't think that. I don't think her intention was for it to oh, be you like think, about like, Jesus. She was like, you can think this is about God. I know it's not mm. about God. Interesting. That's, I feel like also like the wishbone. Loving her you other. Know, like, there's two pathways, and you just like yeah. break it, yeah, a new one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can I can I tell you what I think the song's about? Yeah, yes. Kevin. Is it about a little dog? Maybe. Yeah. 
would you want to break him hard? Look Why how sweet he is. Why would you break is. him so hard? Look at his little paw. You're not going to break him physically, just mentally. <laughs> Look at him holding the bow and arrow. I've made my Zoom background wishbone from the television show Wishbone, which they're doing a reboot of. Uh, they've recasted him. Uh, but they are they are doing a, a reboot of it should that. Should be the theme song. Also, of <laughs> course, this song is uh, it's one of those things, and I don't know if if you figured this out later in life, Tori, but it is just like "Walk on the Wild Side" by Lou Reed. <laughs> the bass line is like totally lifted oh, yeah. from mm-hmm. it, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is one of those things I don't mind. All music is plagiarized from all other music in the world. What other songs did you guys like on this album? Um, Tuesday. Okay, Tuesday. Ooh, what do you like about yeah. Tuesday? I think that because I was in a place where, like, my days kind of blended together, right? Like, not going anywhere or doing anything or seeing anyone. It was just kind of like every day was very similar to the last, you know, with the exception of church, really. Like, that was, like, the only thing that we did. So I, I just, I don't know, for me, Tuesday just felt sort of warm and inviting. Finding beauty in, like, the monotony yeah. really spoke mm. to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what I like about this album, too. And I feel like her whole, her whole POV is, um, so you know, and it's loaded with, like, Christian language. But it is, like, beauty in mundane things and not taking stuff for granted and, like, Tuesday after a reckless and used day, running and running without a chance to stop and chat at the sky like a good Instagram Christian. <laughs> Look chat at this sunset. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. I feel like there's a, there, this song and then there's a few others now that I think about it too, that are like a lot about nature, like bringing you back around to the cent- like centering you around God mm-hmm. or like reminding mm-hmm. you of the bigger picture and that kind of thing. Yeah. And like, I really, I mean, for me, like, yeah, I, I like, that was one thing. Like I would, I would frequently listen to, like, I'd listen to her music and then I would just like go and sit outside. Like we lived on this like two acre property, like up on the hill, um, in this old farmhouse, um, that was built in like 1908 or something. Yeah. So I would just like go, like I listened to her album and then I just like go and sit outside like we had a little tree swing and I would just like hang out there and it was a way to pass the time but also like to process right totally. because I don't know I knew I had a weird experience like I knew that I, you know my childhood was not like anyone's childhood that I had ever met and I from a very young age knew that I probably would never meet another person who was raised the way that I was <laughs> so um yeah I don't know. I definitely like, I definitely resonate. Well, and from this perspective of the song, it is someone telling you, you're not a weirdo for wanting to talk to the sky or feeling like, or like the yearning for a connection of whether you want to call it God or nature or just something outside of yourself when you feel isolated from other people relationship wise. So yeah, I think, I think it goes back to that feeling you were talking about, about being seen, especially Mm -hmm. like for the kind of childhood and upbringing that you had. I think yeah. that's really lovely. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I, I really, you know, because I'm not, I didn't listen to this growing up, but, and this might just be freaking millennial stuff, but the, <laughs> the sound of this album made me feel so good. It, mm-hmm. It's it's the 90s stuff where it's like, 
it's 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 stamped in time of like i know it's it's a little post grunge but it's it all seems like it's recorded in this big room and the drums are kind of far away the guitars are a little more up front but it's like post nirvana cobain stuff and it just feels like expansive and sincere Mm -hmm. like we haven't gotten to like irony pop or anything like that Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. it it just felt really lovely to it was so sincere right and it was like it was like it was very much like I like I want to like fully embrace and like live life, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yes, and I don't know why, but it's just it's so precious to me. It seems very quaint in retrospect, but it's also like I still I still listen to all those albums. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. So, wait, what's the what's the McLaughlin one that you you give the most spins to? What do you listen to the most with that? Um, so actually the first album of hers that I bought was like a concert album. So it was just all of her like hits. I bought that too. I bought that on iTunes. (laughs) On iTunes? Oh yeah. I think this is before (laughs) iTunes when I bought it. Um, I think so. Yeah. But I just, I like, I was, again, I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music, but building a mystery was played so frequently on the radio that I would like hear it at the grocery store and stuff. Well, that was with the controversial so, lyric. Yeah. Before yes, Jesus was, which, came. Which people which people were like, that's weird. But also... She's a witch. <laughs> well, I think that she maybe was okay with people thinking she was a witch. Oh, yeah. She was definitely... You know, there was something that happened in a lot of pop music that we can describe as witch baiting, uh, which is like... <laughs> Her and also Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac is like, oh maybe God. I'm not, I'll never tell Florence Welch from Florence and the Machine. She's a bit of a witch baiter, uh, as well, where it's like you can court so that jerk. audience without totally confirming the identity yourself. Oh uh, one of my favorite so songs funny. from this album was freaking Downtown. I was going to say Downtown is like the epitome of the 90s sound for me. That was what I wrote down. I put it in a blanket wrap it around me baby (laughs) it feels good (laughs) and of course i resonate with like the springsteenian nature of some of the lyrics where it's like "Mm, sometimes you just need to go for a drive (laughs) yes yes gotta go to the urban center (laughs) of kingwood texas (laughs) hey shut up i mean but in the springsteen song it would be bruce be like Sometimes you drive and you never find any answers, but you just need the road. And this one's like, you'll find God's grace downtown. Uh, it's right there <laughs> off the highway. If you drive long enough, yeah, you'll definitely arrive. <laughs> I want to. I want to get to that chorus. We can listen to it for a second. I run to my car. it is that feels good i would i yeah i would put this on a playlist or something and i don't know like what her downtown was like that it was so inspiring oh time out time out okay so what i just realized because i flipped back to the like i flipped back to my google search Uh of sarah mason and it said people also search for David Dark, which obviously it's her husband. And then the next one says, 
John Foreman. And it jo- says, John Foreman is Sarah Mason's brother-in-law. Yeah, they're in-laws. Yes. yes. And I, right. like, I... I thought I knew everything about how all the all the CCM people were connected. <laughs> I had no idea that that was true. Yeah, ever, there's like a six degrees of separation with Mr. Foreman with most most people in CCM. I would say <laughs> everyone. I think Sarah Groves is connected to him in some way, wasn't she? The sun around which all of them were. Yay! <laughs> yeah, Nickel Creek, all those Sarah yeah, Watkins. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, I wonder how that changed her music or affected it at all or affected his music. Cause she came first. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe she dared him to move right? and then he did. I wanted to talk about come in the song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or okay. other things. Okay. I want to talk. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. You know that song, Rest If you're standing next to someone Who doesn't know your name Come in, fill up a chair You and me, we're the same <laughs> This is the palace of the thinker's dreams In between us Broken record players Hearing something in this music Hear the wind blow softly Carrying a note forever Cradling the melody of hope What do you want to talk about with this song, Caroline? I, I found it, like, really adorable Um, and, like, it kind of felt like, uh Oh, I'm forgetting what the word is, but like the team song, you know, for like our church, like this is our deal. Come on in. Let's all do the song. Totally. And yeah, yeah it's just, I think it's so great too. And I, I like the, um, at least the, the kind of presentation she gives for what I assume is her own church, which is just like, we're all very strange. Please come in. We're, we like music. We'll listen to you. And if you feel like you've been really alone, We've all been there, and we'll listen to you talk and, like, share in that. And I, I just found that very enjoyable and endearing. Yeah, and it's also, especially, too, knowing she's a student, it feels it's sort of inflected by college freshman door lobby yeah, dynamics, totally. too, where it's like, yes. we're just hanging out, and we're a bunch of dreamers. and in- just like to talk about ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also yeah. think, like, this song has, like, lyrically, it's the most accessible Mm-hmm. I think that yes, <laughs> like the narrative connects um, a lot. Oh and, yeah, um, she you know she's very much like telling a story. I, I mean, she tells stories I think in all of her songs, but sometimes you don't know what that what that is like what she's trying to say. Right, right. <laughs> which I guess connects to the theme of the song, which is like, you're welcome here. I'm not going to make it like convoluted for you <laughs> like this is a song about being in church who could argue with the verse if you're reaching out to no one and holding in a smile come in and know your name friend i'm listening <laughs> this yeah. is encouraging this is great very nice it, it, like it made me realize too that i just don't think i have heard very many songs that are like pro-church but in like a fun approachable way or even a self-deprecating way you know instead of like we're the army for the kingdom of God. Like that seems to be yeah. most yeah. like church, like tr- songs about a church, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just found this like very um, sweet and like, 
I think actually a lot of churches try to project this kind of vibe of like, oh, yeah, sure. we're all broken yeah. here and weird and like you're not going to be the first person to, to ask this question kind of thing. But I just haven't heard a lot of songs about it. It's yeah. Nice. No, I think that's a lovely observation. Yeah. To, to view church as more just like, I don't know, it'll be a good place to hang out. Uh, it's low pressure. We're chill. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. You know, yeah, ideally yeah. that's what it would be. Uh, so often of the time it's not the case, but... Any, yeah. any anything else we want to talk about before we rate the album at hand? Maybe not. All right. Well, let's do it. The way this works, Tori, is we give it a holy toast. That's a thumbs up or holy roast. Holy toast. We send this album all the way to heaven, and we say to this album, yeah, 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 yeah. holy roast, we send it down to hell, and we say, no. Or we send it to purgatory a la <laughs> the space between. And we'll start with Caroline as usual. Um, I'll give it a holy toast. I like this album. I um, again, I really enjoyed the the lyric writing, and I wish it was a little bit more dynamic, like stylistically, that it like changed a little bit more than it did. Um, but it was a throwback and I really like break hard the wishbone. I, I really enjoyed that song and I think that that pushed it hardcore in the toast category for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Very Atlantis on that one too. A little bit. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. Uh, some Atlantis vibes. There was one that reminded me kind of almost of Fiona Apple too. Love. That one reminded me of it. I didn't know that was a cover though. It was a cover. Yeah. Uh, Fiona yeah. Apple debut. Wait, I think we are recording this on title day. This is when her album, her first album came out in 1996. Oh, wow. Isn't that nice? Happy Fiona Apple title day to us all. (laughs) Uh, All right. We turn it to Tori. Oh, definitely going to give this all the way. Toasty, toasty. Toasty, toasty. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad that I chose this album to talk about. So am I. It's it holds up. Yes. As opposed to so much Christian music, which just does not hold up for me for like personal reasons, right? Like I said, still love Step Up to the Microphone, but like the lyrics make me want to vomit. So, hey man, <laughs> there's only one way one God, one body, one faith alone. <laughs> Caroline, do you think for the stuff we've talked about, especially in the zone of the 90s, that the female artists hold up a little bit better than the male artists? Oh, that's interesting. Because think about Sarah Groves. Think about Jennifer Knapp. Think about Amy Grant. And then compare. Susan Ashton. Oh, I know. I know a little Susan Ashton, but not a lot. Oh, I still listen to that album. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I think? A Distant Call. That's what it's called. Distant Call is the name of the album. A topic for Um, next time. What's that, Caroline? Yeah, I I feel like maybe the, the key there was at least most of these artists we talk about are solo artists versus a lot of the dudes we talked about were in a band. Mm-hmm. Not Carmen. And you're in a band besides Carmen. <laughs> I'm a one man band. A man band. apart. <laughs> uh, maybe you have to like coalesce around a message that all three of you or four of you agree on, okay, you know, yeah, whereas like a solo artist gets to be a little bit more creative and specific with what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's maybe better music. I don't know. No, I get that. Um, I want to give this album a, huge freaking holy toast listening to it today all the way through for like the third or fourth time in preparation for this episode i was like is this one of my favorite albums we've done on the show whoa it just gave me parade it gave me a very very warm feeling and it did 
put me into a mindset again of the safety of older friends around me in Texas at like the turn of the 90s, early aughts. Aesthetically and musically, this music's always going to remind me of that time where I just felt very cared for by a lot of different kinds of people uh and uh and feel fortunate for that in my life but also lyrically and you know all fall down is also like you could see it's like a vbs song like all fall down like it does feel like a little baby sharky at times but i i (laughs) I like her voice i like i like uh, uh the sense of playfulness with some of the vocal stuff that she's doing on these songs so yeah huge 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 holy toast uh, please don't send us anything. That means we have to car- cancel Sarah Mason. Uh, we c- we couldn't take it. <laughs> won't see it. Won't hear it. If Sarah I mean, Mason I posts, I don't think she needs to be canceled. Like, no, I hope not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Well, just I don't fall, get like the sense from her. Like, like David Dark, her husband is very active on Twitter, mm-hmm. and like, dude is solid. Okay, great. They're, they're still and they're still together, which you know maybe that'll change next week. I don't know, but um. <laughs> They yeah, listen to this no. podcast together and they're like, what are we doing? Let's divorce. <laughs> it's been too right. long. It's been too long. Um, no, but like, I, and because I was very, you know, as a young person, I was like, okay, so who is going to marry this woman? <laughs> it's like, oh. she's so, I didn't mean it in a mean way, right? But as someone who kind of gets like pegged You're, as like, yeah. I was the unique person, right? You're a little weird. Yeah. Right. Like I was, I was very much the weirdo. And so I was like, Checking. okay, like I'm very curious to see like who she marries. So yeah, that was like, that was very interesting. And me. you said she married yeah. David Duke. Is that his name? David Dark. Excuse no. me. I, I, I'm messing with her. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but we're not the final word on this. Go to at Christian fun pod. You give it a, a roaster, toast yourself, get out there and Pokemon go to the polls. Ballers. And look for the new series on Hulu, Rodham, uh, a fantasy series that supposes a world. Caroline, have you heard about this? No. There has been a new, I'm so glad to share this news with you. There's been a series <laughs> that has been greenlit uh, about what if Hillary Rodham had never married Bill Clinton? What would her life have been? And so it is a fictional alternate history television series. <laughs> Based on a book. Oh boy, <laughs> that is it's a lot of investment on Hillary oh. Clinton. Okay, Tori seems amped for it. I don't know why you're not. <laughs> I like, I, you know, what I was thinking is I was just sitting here feeling guilty that I haven't like read her book yet. So <laughs> you're fine. That's where I'm, that's where I was Watch like, that. oh, her her yeah, Fred Willard tribute book. What happened? <laughs> You remember that? <laughs> what happened? What happened? Okay, now it's time to dim the lights, light the candles, and enter into a more worshipful space. Tori, you know how this works. We're not here to plug our projects or to promote ourselves or our social media handles. We're here to lift them up to the Cause Lord. Because it's all about Jesus. It's, it's not about It's all about him. It's all about JC. You have to give, you have to give God the credit. It's not I who lives, but Christ lives through me. That's right. You got to give God all the credit for at all the work, th- all the work that I've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every single <laughs> at, thing. At, 
at toryglass.com. You you take God zero credit. I take for zero it. credit or responsibility. T- I also take zero responsibility. Let's let's just say that. I take responsibility. <laughs> I take zero responsibility. Yeah, I take zero responsibility. You know, take it up with God. <laughs> yeah. So if you have a problem with me, like. Yeah. Zero. Zero zilch. And then maybe maybe we lift up something too we're enjoying in the culture right now during pandemic. And we'll start with Caroline. Um, yeah. Uh, you can take it up with God <laughs> with me at Caroline Sparks. Uh, on, on anywhere anywhere social platform if that's your fancy. Um, uh, a podcast I, I've lifted up before but I'm still very much enjoying is Stay of Homekins uh, with Paul Tompkins and uh, Janie had that Tompkins, his wife, and it's just their weekly little podcast. And uh, it's adorable. And it's very funny. And it's just a little insight into their marriage, too. I, I just enjoy it very much. Been comforting in this time. Great. We'll turn it to Tori now. Um, yeah, I am like, I'm really bad at pop culture, actually, which, you know, I was programmed <laughs> to be really bad at it. So that kind of makes <laughs> sense. Okay. Well, you know what? If, if you don't yeah. have any pop culture lift up, but, you can lift up your own podcast, White Homework. Oh, yeah. My own podcast is White Homework. But I have been watching What We Do in the Shadows, and that's hilarious. So Yes. That's great. I got a chance to listen to White Homework today. It was so great. Oh, thank you. And so I was listening to the one with your sister, I yeah, think. Yeah. And that was just delightful. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Can you give the listener at home, Tori, just a quick synopsis of what White Homework is? Yeah. So White Homework is a podcast I about anti-racism. Um, but I really wanted to create something in a space that felt kind of accessible to people um and anti-racism work is really hard and like american history is extremely brutal right and violent and so i wanted to be able to have conversations about race and racism and restorative justice that were not um i don't want to say super heavy but like i make space for like joy and humor in them so um that's not for everybody. Some people like to be serious all the time, but I just think that it's easier to digest um, really hard information when you also are like able to kind of enjoy what you're listening to. Um, and like, yeah. I'm not like I'm Spoonful not one of those people where it's like hope. Like we should we should all have hope. Like I'm not I'm not like that. Like I'm not like fake like Christianese. Like oh, it's all going to be okay, or it's all going to work out. Like, I'm very realistic, but at the same time, you know, like, my sister does a lot of the episodes with me, and she's a comedian, so um, we we have a lot of fun with it. Wow, yeah. that's lovely. Like, very great. Yeah. And people can check that out wherever you get podcasts? Yep, wherever you get podcasts. Um, you can also go to whitehomework.com, which is my Patreon page, and I, like, put the um, episodes up there, too. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. And at Tori Glass everywhere on social. At Tori again. Glass. Just to lift that up once again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. Um, damn, I'll, I'll lift up that uh, new Margo Price album that came out earlier earlier this year, a couple weeks ago. Uh, what a life Folklore. she's had. What's that? Folklore. Yes. Is that what? No, that's not what it is. Come on. No. Kevin lifted up folklore. No, that's not. No, <laughs> that's not the new Marco Price. <laughs> We're recording this on folklore, folk, folklore Eve. No, the, the Marco Price album is That's How Rumors Get Started. Uh, so it's like a little country inflected rock 
album. So lovely. Very comforting during this time. Good for runs. Good for times when you want to get your heart rate up and check in with your heart that way. Um, so highly thumbs up. Highly Rex. Uh, you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. You can go to patreon.com slash good Christian Fun. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And every review you leave, we donate a dollar to a charity. And this month's charity are various Black Lives Matters charities. Tori, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Fran, what a fun Tori, time. You were so great. What a Aww, fun first so hang. And there's this, nothing like this. Music to is say. throwing me. I know this feels inappropriate that we're talking right now or like we should be shuffling slowly out of a sanctuary Uh, there's nothing left to say except for in all of pods people said amen Tori what is a Sarah Mason song that you would like us to go out on oh let's let's yeah let's do downtown all right we're going out on downtown let's go girls da 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 ow Oh, Shania Twain's a Christian? Why not? Yeah. What? It's true. She was in a Christian movie we talked about a few weeks ago for oh some reason. Gosh. Oh my gosh. All right, let's go downtown. Okay, we'll see you <laughs> next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.